Hey, you weirdos. It's your boy, Kyle Gray, trying out yet again a different microphone. This one, back to the original that I bought, uh, my Shure microphone. Going to try this. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Andy Van Arman. Andy, thank you for your contribution financially. Huge deal, man. Venmo, Kyle Gray, Kyle-Gray, G-R-A-Y-8-8. Kyle-Gray, G-R-A-Y-8-8 on Venmo. Thank you, Andy Van Arman, for your contribution. That means a ton. Helps, again, keep this... Moving forward, all my storage, all my uh, mastering apps, everything that I have to do. Hope you guys enjoyed that last one, the Spider's Web. Uh, got another good one coming out again on the Great Reset. I just have to take the time to finish writing it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I wanted to talk on this car pod um, as I'm cruising down a dirt road. Sorry about any odd sounds from my ladder rack or anything like that. Yes, we have dirt roads in Michigan. Uh, growing up in Ohio, living in Ohio for 40 years, I never had a dirt road anywhere. The roads are so nice. But seriously, it's a country song here in Michigan. I mean, it is nothing to turn the corner and be busting out. I mean, there, there's a hilly dirt farm road that I'm driving on right now. So bear with that. any of that sound. That's the organic nature of car potting. And uh, anyway, so I want to talk about anxiety. If this, uh, all this noise of the ladder rack and everything's giving you anxiety, well, this is, I see what I did there. This is the episode for you. Anxiety is a funny thing. You have to separate it from panic attacks, right? So it can be hereditary. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, obviously I'm driving, so I just want to talk to some of you guys who experience it a lot. You know, it's become just a meme in today's culture. It's nothing for someone to just, oh, I know where I'm at. It's nothing for, (laughs) it's nothing for someone to just post something like, um, you know, just another day with existential dread, you know, where their anxiety is going a million miles an hour and. It's almost become funny. Uh, and I think a lot of people misuse it, anxiety, a lot for things that they can absolutely rationally get control of. It's just easier to say you've got anxiety. But I know in this day and age, it is prevalent. And it happens from anything to where you know you have social anxiety, you don't want to go out anymore. You have anxiety about the future. You have anxiety about your health. Um, So I want to tell a little bit of my story. You know that I was a full-time pastor for 25 years at a a church that grew and became very large. And I was very well-known and I, I dare say respected in the Toledo, Ohio community. But that's probably an exaggeration. Uh, Not very respected. So... My mom had always struggled badly with panic and anxiety, and so had her mom. I remember when I was young, we took a flight to Florida, and my mom uh, refused to take any meds and just was incredible Hulk crushing the seat, white-knuckled. I'll never forget the fear of God I saw in her face and the sheer panic from flying that from that moment on, I never wanted to fly again. Uh, Some of it's hereditary. Some of it is what you see when you are younger. So I did get some of that from my mom. Uh, 
And when I was, let's see, I had turned 18 and 19. When I, when I was about 19 to 20 years old, I worked at a heating and cooling company with a family friend, a family that I had grown up with. Well, I don't know if it's because I was putting so much pressure on myself to never, ever let them down and to never, ever screw up. I was bound to screw up because I didn't know what I was doing. This was a lifelong business for them. They let me come work for them. And they did not hesitate to let me know when I sucked, as they should have. Oh, I'm passing Wamplers Lake right now. Those of you who know what Wamplers Lake is, I'm looking at it. Anyway, that's what you get when I'm car potting. I interrupt with where I'm at. I'm in the Irish Hills in Michigan running claims today. Anyway, so I started to get really bad upset stomachs. And I was young. I mean, I'm young, strapping young man. Really good looking. <laughs> uh, you know, athletic, played all the sports, captained all the sports. That's Kyle Gray, man. And uh, I was going to get upper GIs, lower GIs, drinking the barium, trying to figure out what's going on with me. Eventually, I, after a few years, uh, when I was working out a lot, lifting weights, I started on creatine, so I dumped the soda intake. I had been drinking a lot of Dr. Pepper back then. Uh, that was my thing. And I, in dumping that for water, massive amounts of water while I was on creatine, that seemed to go away, so I attributed those stomach aches to yeah, it could be Dr. Pepper because, you know, Dr. Pepper just eats away at anything. You put Dr. Pepper on something and leave it for three weeks and that thing's going to be destroyed. It's like nuclear meltdown, like Fukushima-style stuff. And I had that in my gut day after day after day for years. But soon after that, it came back. And Rachel and I had just been married in 1997. And there were times that I didn't even want to go out. And this is when we were starting a church and I, I was the youth pastor and all these cr this crazy time when everything was exploding um, in, a, in a good way, I was suffering internally and had really bad stomach pains again to the point where I, I had been sick once throwing up diarrhea on both ends when I was like, you know, 18 and I would always think that was coming back and so then I would get sick just thinking about being sick and over and over again the cycle continued. Well, we started having kids throughout the late 90s, early 2000s. The church started to grow and my anxiety kind of morphed into more of... Uh, I had really bad stage fright. I, I would get up to speak in front of thousands of people as I was preaching and I didn't even want to get on stage and nobody believed me even though I said it nobody understood well it was because I almost passed out one time on stage and I thought that was going to happen every time then my stomach started hurting and and the, the panic and uh, the anxiety set in so those are just some things throughout my illustrious my illustrious uh, panic at the anxiety disco career but it was probably 2010. My kids were all growing up. And this is about the third time in two years that I had been to, I had taken myself to the hospital, thinking that I was either one time that I thought I was having a heart attack, the other time 
I thought that um, I actually ended up having strep throat, but I thought that my throat was closing, like I got stung by something and I couldn't breathe. And then I couldn't breathe and I checked into the emergency room. And then by the third time in two years, this is as we have a church of 10,000 people, and I'm Kyle Gray, and I'm awesome, and I should rely on the Lord. I'm a man. I should be a man. Uh, the third time I checked in, I'm passing the haunted train of terror here in the uh, Irish Hills. Third time I checked in, I'll never forget, I went to the hospital, and I told Rachel I was there, and you know, at this point she was probably like, well, whatever, just, <laughs> you're not really sick, I don't know. And it wasn't, I'm not a hypochondriac, so it wasn't that, it was anxiety. But I didn't know that at the time. And they were just getting ready. They were putting the EKG stuff on me uh, because I was saying I had shortness of breath and they were freaking out a little bit. They don't mess with that. And I remember laying on the table and just as they were about to really get going on stuff, I heard kind of one of them whisper to the other one and I looked over and they were looking at my charts up on the wall. And they kind of said something to the other and they're like, well, we'll be right back in a moment. And I thought, what the crap? And they came back. And they're like, all right, we want to take this, and then we're going to get going with everything. And I took a pill. And it was an Ativan, and I didn't know that. And magically, I was instantly better. <laughs> so, all this time, I had um, I, I started flying quite a bit for church conferences, going to uh, Honduras and Latin America for different things. So I flew a lot for four times a year, five times a year, but I'd take Xanax every time I flew, which was awesome. <laughs> Still the best ever, um, which is great. But I didn't realize that when I thought I was dying during these times, if I would have taken a Xanax or an Ativan or whatever, I would have been instant, you know, within minutes, fine, because that's what it was. So, Long story short, I was just battling with this, checking myself into the hospital. It was it was ridiculous. It was stupid. I was mad at myself. I was embarrassed, you know, again, as a guy, as a leader of a large church, all of it. Now, I wasn't hypocritical. I never went up on stage and preached against medicine. I didn't get up and preached against, let the Lord cast your fears upon the Lord and he will get rid of all of your anxiety. Uh, but I learned to deal with it and I was determined to try to deal with it even though it was wrecking my life. So, around 2010, I had a great doctor when I lived back there, a Christian man, went to him. I've been going to him for a long time. He went to our church. I knew him very, very well. He really took care of me. And at third time after I'd gone to the hospital, I just, you know, looked at him when I was in there and I said, you know, doc, what can I, what's going on, man? What can I do? And I told him about, you know, he had been seeing my parents for about a year at this point. Uh, he is still their family doctor now and they met him through me. So he became aware of all my mom's anxiety and her mom's anxiety and, and all this kind of stuff. And he just said, Kyle, look, you handle your anxiety fine. Because I, he knew the pressure I was under as a pastor and, you know, as trying to, like, not get on medication. He said, Kyle, you're handling your anxiety great. You get up there on stage. You don't take anything to get on stage. You don't medicate. You know, you don't. But the times that you think you're, you know, dying or whatever, you're not popping Xanax. I literally only took it when I flew. I do not abuse, I do not do prescription drug abuse. <laughs> you can really get, you can get whack on that stuff. He said, you're doing great with the anxiety. What, what you can't manage is something that is hereditary, genetic, and quite honestly, 
in your brain it's part of your DNA and that is panic the panic attacks are what's getting you and they only happen a few times a year and I said yeah you're right so long story short I had a, a few close friends that were on various things mainly Lexapro and so he put me on Lexapro a very small dosage and um, I started that in I think the year 2000 it takes about a month to build up but it changed my life forever with all of that I had going on since I started taking Lexapro in 2010 I have not had one single panic attack I have never checked myself into the hospital. I have never had a stomach ulcer or ache or worry about anything. Now, one thing is that it doesn't turn you into a robot. Um, I worry just as much as I ever had. I get concerned. I get fearful out of things. I get, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't do that to you. But what it does is it takes that edge off to where... When a panic attack would come at you out of nowhere and just hit you over the head and it was unrecoverable, those moments of that swelling, when it starts swelling into that, I can tell that, hey, this is when I would have, when I used to have a panic attack and really couldn't even catch my breath, would hyperventilate, had to pull off the side of the road, it was awful. And now I can feel it coming on, but then I just, you know, I just pray and I just know that it's not that and it goes away. And that's because of the Lexapro. Now, I know some people are going to say, you don't have enough faith in the Lord. I have enough faith in the Lord to take care of my anxiety. But panic is something different. Maybe somebody out there needed to hear that. It had gotten so bad that I had a... what happens is, and I'll explain this, you have a panic attack somewhere, and that, then you all of a sudden associate that thing or that place or that feeling or whatever with you know, the rest of your life. You're never going to be able to do that again because you might have another panic attack. It's the same thing that well, if you're eating something and then you get sick for whatever reason. I, I was eating hot dogs and I got sick. I can never eat a hot dog again. Or you, know, you got sick on what, tequila or whatever type of alcohol, Malibu, you know, whatever it is. You're like, I'm never drinking that again. I'm out on the Jaeger. <laughs> uh, well, the same thing happens with anxiety, guys. So an example of that was I had crossed over the Mackinac Bridge many times driving. Um, we would go up to the UP all the time. My friends have a resort up there, still do. Many, many times have I driven over the Mackinac Bridge. Well, one time I was on a a pretty high bridge. I'm not talking about just like crossing a river, like a high bridge. And I had a panic attack while I was on this bridge. And this was probably in 2007 or 2008. I was in Detroit and completely like for the guys, for the next six, you know, six, seven years, I I avoided every bridge. And, And again, not like. Not like crossing over from one town to another and do just a flat bridge or over the expressway on a flat bridge, but like the big, tall, really big ones. I avoided them. As a grown man, as, again, a pastor at a church of 10,000 people. Because I had had a panic attack and I had associated that with the bridges and I wasn't going to do it. Even on Lexapro, I was avoiding them. And I'll tell you what broke that. Just before COVID hit, I was on my last, you know, 
run of trying to make ministry work and I was driving a tour bus for Blue Lakes Charters and Tours <laughs> for two months before COVID hit really I mean it was just kind of a, I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life and and you didn't have a choice I drove a lot of people over bridges on those buses and I thought to myself well I can't kill 70 people so I'm just going to have to do it <laughs> well since then obviously I've been touring the world running claims uh, and just last month and a half ago I was in Portland, Oregon and if you know anything about Portland, they just have giant bridges everywhere because this, you know, it's kind of like Pittsburgh where there's uh, there's rivers just everywhere and just really big high bridges everywhere, and you just you just do it. I don't even think twice about it now, okay? But but at the time, at one time, that was crippling to me, and that was even with the Lexapro. So I I know I know medication's not always the answer. But I want to just, you know, maybe it is for you. Maybe you need to hear that. Maybe you're going, well, I'm a Christian. I can't take medicine. Bull crap. God makes doctors and God makes scientists and God, God makes, you know, great Christian doctors that are very, very good at what they do. And they develop drugs and we can use them and all is good. You know? I mean, don't do ayahuasca. Don't do psilocybin. Don't do shrooms, all right? Yeah, it opens a porthole to somewhere you don't want to be. Lexapro, Awesome. Or any variant of it. Ativan. No, Ativan's more Xanax. Don't do that. I don't do that. Like, people that are on Xanax, some people do it like when a loved one dies and they just become a zombie for a while, you know? So, uh, don't do that. But uh, something in the realm of a Lexapro type of thing, an SSRI, do it. Try it. I used to call it my happy pill. Now I don't even really know I'm taking it, but I know when I get off it. It doesn't change me. Like, again, I can worry still. I can, you know, have my doubts and frustrations. It's not at all like you feel drugged at all. It just, it helps balance out your brain. Okay, that being said, let me close this thing out by telling you the biggest danger in, one of the biggest dangers of anxiety. And here's how it goes, guys. You become a victim of your past. And then you um, constantly project that horrifying situation you had with anxiety on the future and I will tell you what gets lost is the present and if you know anything about therapy or you know you hear uh, people really trying to get help for emotional problems it's all about being present you need to be present for your kids you need to be present for your husband or wife you need to be present for yourself you need to be in the present well that's that's done over and over again in therapy and the reason why is because uh, I can equate it to anxiety you can have that moment that you had that anxiety in the past and again you project that on every other day in the future well, what if that happens again while I'm at this thing therefore I'm not going to that thing what what if I have another panic attack when I am uh, driving over that bridge or when I am on that stage or when I am at work giving a presentation, you know, whatever it is, when I'm, when I'm just about to have the best day of my life, I know it's going to happen again. And then you get anxiety for that thing. And so what's happened in your past keeps you in a prison as you project it on what could or what could possibly, actually probably not even happen in your future. And what gets ruined is your present. So, I want to throw that out there for any of you that are struggling, 
for any of you that um, have been pushing away medicine, talk to your doctor. You can, you know, talk to talk to others that you know you can trust in this department. If you have any questions, go ahead and you know email me drillingdownpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, most people won't talk about things like I just did, but I really needed to, and I wanted to let you guys know that it's okay. Uh, you can deal with your anxiety, but it's panic. That's something very, very different. So, I hope that helps you guys. If I can pray for you in any way, make sure you let me know. Because you shouldn't let it debilitate um, your life. You shouldn't let it absolutely steal your joy. You shouldn't let it stop you from living. Guys, we get one chance to live this life. And I am happier than I've ever been in my life. And I'm not saying that's all Lexapro. Of course that's the Lord. Of course that's my outlook on life. Of course that's, you know, me trying to make the right decisions. uh, And so God blesses me. You know, it's all that stuff. But it all helps. And it's all a part of it. It's all a really big part of getting emotionally healthy and in a good place so that A, you enjoy this life as much as God wants you to and B, the people around you can enjoy you as much as God has designed you to be enjoyed. I hope you find this helpful.